Hello, and welcome to another episode of Powerful Conversations. I'm your host, Noad, and in today's episode, let's talk about taking firm control. Stay tuned. Well, welcome back to another episode. I am very excited, as per usual, to share the word with every single one of you. Every time that I bring a word onto this platform, God has already given me this word for me. It means that I've already had a moment to reflect on it, to digest it, and started to implement it in my life. And this word in particular, I am still very much excited about. I mean, I'm still I'm still digesting it. Um, we're going to be talking about Solomon. Now, I've talked about Solomon before and talked about the purpose and the promise that followed him, that, that was bestowed upon him. And I've also talked about how heartbreaking I found the end of his life to be for a man who was filled with all this wisdom, was filled with all this purpose for him to have, for the ending of his life to have been the way that it was. But today, yes, we're going to be talking about him again, because it so happens to be that I came across a story in a completely different book, which is the second, second Chronicles in the Old Testament. And I, the word caught my attention on the first verse. And I know some of us have a tendency to just kind of read, read a passage straight through, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. But I, as of late, I have been working on being intentional and just taking my time, taking my time and dissecting every word. Why was this the word that was used here? What what are we trying to convey? What is the message uh, being set through sent through said word? And I'm glad I took my time with Second Chronicles chapter one. As I mentioned before, the title of this episode is "Taking Firm Control." And in Second Chronicles chapter one verse one, it says that Solomon, son of David took firm control of his kingdom for the Lord, his God was with him and made him very powerful. Now I ended up having to go and looking up the definition of firm, which is something that is solid. It's unyielding, typically a structure, and it doesn't necessarily need to be a physical structure. It could be a system. So you can have a firm government, a firm law, you can have, you know, it doesn't have to be a physical structure, but it has to be a solid, unyielding structure, meaning nothing can persuade it, nothing can move it. And it says that Solomon took firm control. Now, the word control can be defined as a power to influence and power to direct. That lets me know that Solomon, he stepped into his role, his position, his kingdom, not just with a direct power, not just with the ability and capability to influence, but it was firm, meaning that it was unyielding, it was unwavering. And we've also talked about the influence with 
about influence altogether, how we are susceptible to being influenced and how we can influence other. So this lets me know that how he stepped into the role, he was secure. Like he's like, I got this. This is what I'm about to do. Or like, this is my purpose. There's no wavering. There's no, well, am I really meant for this? Is this really my calling? Is this really my purpose? No, he had accepted his purpose, which was leading this kingdom and took ownership. Now it says, for the Lord was with him and made him very powerful. Now the word here that caught my attention was the word for, which equals the same thing as the word because, meaning that he was able to have confidence in what he was stepping into and able to have confidence in what he needed to do able to have confidence and being secure in what his purpose was because God enabled him to do to do that. God was with him and God made him powerful. That means that this wasn't something that he necessarily sought out to do where he's like, well, yeah, I'm going to become king. This is going to be my purpose. But God enabled him to do that. And not just that, but God was with him. So it lets me know that Solomon was able to have such a solid foundation in directing and leading his kingdom because God was with him and made him powerful. God made this happen. He didn't empower himself. God did it. And not just the only God, not only did God empower him, but he stood by him. Now I'm here wondering, we're not wondering. I know all of us at some point, half pondered and wondered about what is my purpose? Why am I here? Is what I'm doing purposeful? And sometimes we are put, depending on the season of life, we are put in certain situations or certain roles and positions. And we end up doubting ourselves like, did they pick the right person? Is it something that I'm really capable of doing? Am I smart enough? Am I am I too old? Am I too young? Am I am I even the right person? And we really then start to question it. But let me tell you something. As long as you are talking to God and being led by God, like truly being led by God in everything that you do, if he has opened a door, whether it's perhaps to a job, whether it's to a position in power, whether Hey, it could be a leadership role, even within your own home. Be rest assured that if God has enabled you to do it, guess what? He's also going to be with you along the way. So you need to then, number one, accept that this is the will of God. And number two, have the confidence to be able to take firm control over what God has enabled you to do. There's no reason why we have to have our self-esteem through the ground, dragging it through the mud and continue to doubt as to whether we are meant to be where we at. Because it's not, you know, God, God has called us. Please note that God has called us. He has vested us with purpose. He has vested us with a calling. He calls us his children. Okay. Now, but another thing that called my attention as well which is verse two, it says that Solomon called together all the leaders of Israel, the generals and captains of the army, the judges and all the political and clan leaders. 
Then he led the entire assembly to the place of worship, which in Gibeon for God's tabernacle was located there. This was the tabernacle that Moses, the Lord's servant, had made in the wilderness. What's beautiful about this passage is that (laughs) not only was Solomon secure in taking control of his calling, of his purpose, but he led the people, not just the people, he led people in leadership, leaders. As we can see here, generals and captains of armies and all the political and clan leaders, he summoned them to go to a place of worship. This lets me know right off the bat that goodness, Solomon's mindset is set in the correct place. He didn't go straight into let's strategize, let's make some political strategies, let's make some financial strategies, um, let's put together the business plan. And uh, there's nothing wrong with those things. Those things are absolutely necessary and there's a place and a time for them. It's okay to set goals. It is it's perfectly fine and is actually amazing, especially if you're like me where I, I like to map things out and put a date on things because if I don't put a date on things, then more than likely they're not going to get done on a lot of things. But before we start working on our agenda, we need to rally the troops and start going to God first talking to him first. We need to gather our people and go into a place of worship. And if you're a person who who leads leaders, even more so because your leaders are impacting lives. And guess what? You are leading the leaders. So you have an even more of a responsibility on your shoulders. So it is important to lead our leaders into a place of worship first. That is first and foremost. But what I love about this even further is that when we go to verse, this was verse five, part of verse five, it says that Solomon and the people gathered in front of it to consult the Lord. And this word call my attention because I know it, especially in like corporate America in these modern times, the word consulting is one of those terms where people would just kind of throw around saying things like I'm a consultant. This is what I do. Uh, I consult with businesses. I, you know, it's, it's just a term that people throw out and half the time it's like, well, what do you do exactly? Um, well, the word consult means to seek information or advice from someone with an expertise in a particular area, which is the act of consulting a professional. And the first question that popped in my, in my mind when I first read this is, what did the leaders and Solomon needed to consult to God about? Was it that business strategy? Was it like, Political strategy, how are we going to lead the people? How are we going to feed them? How are we going to run this economy? Because really, God's people, there's a lot, there was a lot of them, like a lot, a lot, a lot. So 
I just, I was in awe by Solomon's actions of going to go to the place of worship to consult with God. That means that he recognized that the knowledge that was needed in order to lead, in order to run his kingdom, he needed to talk to an expert in the matter. And it's an expert in working with his people. It's an expert in leading the steps of his people. And that is God. And it makes me wonder how many of us Half the time we end up having plans, whether it's even for our families, because we're leaders in our families. Um, How many times have we started making plans for our families, whether it's, hey, we're going to buy a house or, hey, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, but we don't consult with God. We don't even ask him to lead the way. We don't even ask him, hi, God, how can I do this? This is what I have in my heart. Lead the way, God. And then we end up frustrated. We end up having getting headaches. We end up just really upset and circling back to square one. Now, is there one thing that I have learned, and I've mentioned this in a previous episode before, is that I'm a personal believer in having coach and a coach. Everybody needs a coach for different areas. So whether if you're into sports, you would have a coach in that particular sport that you're trying to get better at if you're trying to be better a better entrepreneur you're going to want to have a mentor that will that has already made it has been where you're adding guides you along the way so why not have the mentor of mentors the coaches of coaches which is the lord to give us the guidance to guide his people because at the end of the day They're not our people. They are his people. At the end of the day, God knows more than we do. And his plans are not our plans. And the way we think are not like the way we think. But before I continue on, just kind of a little side note here. I, As I was reading, I was also pondering, did these leaders, did they question Solomon? Like, did they go out of obligation, um, as in they had to, or they could possibly die. Or were these leaders that went to the place of worship with Solomon because, Hey, I'm with you, our beloved King. I'm with you. And we need to consult God first. I don't know that necessarily we're going to get the answers. At least I haven't come across it yet. Um, But it is, to me at least, an interesting question to pose in that, hey, were they going with him to the place of worship out of obligation and and or did they know that God was with him in this, you know, in this path of leadership? Um, But nonetheless, you know, Solomon, just to kind of get back on the scripture here, Solomon is in front of the tabernacle, it says verse uh, six. That Solomon went up to the bronze altar in the Lord's presence and sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings on it. So it talks about what he did there. Then it says that that night God appeared to Solomon and said, what do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. That's huge. 
for God to say, what do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. If God were to ask us today, what do we want? What would your answer be? I mean, I'm pretty sure in our human nature, it would be, well, I would want to have some money. I would like to be financially stable. I want to have a nice house. I want to have a car that's really nice. I want for a family to be healthy. And, you know, we'll start going over essentially our wish list. And I mean, I love it when people, especially on icebreakers, like, They'll ask questions such as, well, if you won the lottery today or if you have $1 million, what would you do? Because it really then shows what everybody, what's on their wish list, which pretty much everybody is. I would like some money. Okay. The things that I could do with X, Y, and Z money, amount of money. But God forgot to say, ask and I will give it to you. I don't know. I just had a hunch that God already, well, I do know, that God already knew what was in the heart. He already knew what Solomon was going to answer. And Solomon replied to God, you showed great and faithful love to David, my father, and now you have made me king in his place. Oh, Lord, please continue to keep your promise to David, my father, for you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth, which I told you it was a lot of people. <laughs> so verse 10 says, give me wisdom and knowledge to lead them properly. For who could possibly govern this great people of yours? And just to kind of break things down here a little bit, he asked for wisdom and knowledge. So wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. So that right there is the formula. In order for a person to have wisdom, they got to have the experience. That means they live through some things. They got to have the knowledge, which we'll break down what knowledge is in just a second. But they also have to have good judgment. So that lets me know, okay, you can have an experience. You can know what you know about something. So boom, there goes your knowledge. You also have to have an experience with it. Like you needed to have lived it out. You also need to have good judgment as to when to implement those two things together. And voila, there goes your wisdom. Now, knowledge is facts info or skill that you can acquire through experience or education. So if you, for instance, I don't know, into if you, let's say you're into mechanics or there's a skill you're trying to develop, whether it's cooking or doing art, you can acquire said skills either through experience, right? Or education. It is just facts info or skill. There is no good judgment involved in having knowledge. So you can have, you can't have wisdom without knowledge. Well, you can't, I mean, let me, let me rephrase that. You cannot, cannot have wisdom without knowledge. Like you need to know something. 
but you can have knowledge and not necessarily be a wise person because you're missing the experience and you're missing the good judgment of when to use what you know. Just just being aware whether it's situational awareness, whether it's knowing when to apply it, how with how much force to apply it, that sort of thing. But what's even more beautiful is not that just Solomon was asking for wisdom and knowledge, but he was asking wisdom and knowledge and how to lead the people properly, which is word properly means something that is correctly, it's suitable, it's appropriate, it's satisfactory, it's thoroughly, it's completed, it's completely, that means it's something that is well done. It is, it's good. It's done correct. So he didn't ju- just want to lead the people, but you can lead people into disasters. Absolutely. You can do that, but it's to lead them properly. This was, if you think about that, that's a huge ask. It's, which I stopped when I read this, I stopped. I'm like, I need to figure out how old, which I have been trying to do that for a while now. How old was Solomon? Because as we just learned with wisdom, you need to have experience and he's asking for wisdom. So either he didn't have the good judgment or he and or he didn't have the experience. So I've read a lot of commentaries and done a lot of online research and, you know, going over what with a lot of um, historians and things, you know, people people that have thoroughly researched this say there's a huge debate. I found one that said he was about 14 years old, but I'm kind of leaning towards to side with the people who are saying he was about 20, just because they kind of like, hey, this, you know, so-and-so was this old when Solomon's oldest brother was born. And like, they just kind of, the math just made the most sense to me. And Solomon was this old when his son, you know, when his son took, you know, took over the reign and he had passed away and just the math altogether made the most sense to me. But hey, even if Solomon was 20, 20 is still a very young age. 20, I'm thinking about what was I doing when I was 20? I was, yeah, I don't, I mean, I wasn't a parent yet. I had very little life experience at 20. I definitely couldn't lead even a small group of people, let alone the amount of people Solomon is describing here. He's saying it's people as numerous as the dust in the earth. And he's like, yo, God, I need, I need the wisdom. Like I need the experience. I need the good judgment. I need the skills. Like he went to God for help. Because in his heart, not only did he want to lead them, but he wanted to lead them properly. And how many of us in our leadership positions, because we are all leaders of something, you could be maybe the one that's the most influential in your group of friends. If that's the case, you are a leader. You're a parent. You are a leader. You are the head of household. It's maybe just you and your wife talking to the men here. You are a leader. 
you're at work overseeing a group of people, you are a leader. So as a leader, this lets me know that as leaders, we need to go to God. It, it is wise. It is very smart. And it just makes sense to go to the best consultant that there is and seek out his presence and, and consult with him. Like, yo, I need help leading these people properly, leading them to the down the right path, leading them to your purpose. Because we don't want to lead people astray. We don't want to lead people to maybe depression or lead people into things that are just not from the Lord and end up really destroying their lives. We're not experts at this. We are not at consultant level. We are not at mentors level, mentor levels in the roles that we're we're in right now. We haven't mastered it yet. Even when we feel like we have, we need to go to God and consult with him, seek his advisement. And then after that, God said to Solomon, because your greatest desire is to help your people and you do not ask for wealth. Remember the things I was talking about that we as humans, we tend to want to ask for because you did not ask for wealth, riches, fame, or even the death of your enemies or a long life, but rather you ask for wisdom and knowledge to properly govern my people. I will certainly give you the wisdom and the knowledge that you requested, but I will also give you wealth riches and fame, such as no other king has had before or will ever have in the future. This, this is powerful. Verse 11, for God to say, because your greatest desire and desire is a strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. God knew what was in the heart of Solomon. He said, your greatest desire is to help your people. Jeremiah in chapter 17, it says, but I, the Lord search all all hearts and examine secret motives. I give you all people due rewards according to what their actions deserve. I think a lot of times we tend to, to come to before the Lord and ask for things like wisdom and knowledge, you know, and it, perhaps even in an attempt to, even in an attempt to, you know, trying to be like Solomon, thinking, okay, well, if Solomon got, he got, he got wisdom and riches. Maybe I need to go pray how Solomon prayed. But if really in your heart, you really are just trying to pray like Solomon, just so God can give you also the riches. Guess what? You can't lie to God. He knows your motives. He knows why you're asking for what you're asking for. 
See, God had examined Solomon's heart and he knew this dude genuinely wanted God's help to lead his people because your greatest desire is to help your people. That's why God granted Solomon's request and gave him more. That means his heart was in the right place. His heart was authentic. He genuinely wanted to do this properly. He genuinely wanted to not mess up in recognizing, hey, these are not my people. These are God's people. God, I need your help. And that's why. But from a different perspective, I'm going to share 1 Kings 3, 7. Because by the way, this is where you can find this. It's a story as well. God had told Solomon, but I am like a little child who does not know his way around here. And I'm in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous, they cannot be counted. So that means that Solomon recognized his level of ability. I think he was, he knew he was, he was in too deep. And he couldn't do this without God. First of all, I just want to tell you people, don't don't doubt the calling at all. Number one, I think that's even in the midst of this. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what Solomon was really thinking. I'm not saying that this never crossed his mind, but I haven't come across a passage where he is questioning his calling. Him questioning that God chose the right person to be king because I'm not it. He says, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. He recognizes the ability, but he never doubted the calling. And in that, he's like, I need help. So my dear people, the first thing I want you to do is to stop doubting your calling. If God has already told you and you already know that you are meant for something, whatever it may be, X, Y, and Z, do not listen to the voice of the enemy who is the father of lies. You have been chosen. You have been selected. You are meant to be where you are at. Okay? Unless, of course, you have blatantly ignored the Lord and done things your way and ignored his, you know, his plead for you to not go the direction. So if you're in disobedience, that's something else. But I'm talking about when God himself has opened a door and things are coming in your direction and you're a little scared and that's okay. That is just us and our control and sometimes is. The enemy trying to mess with us, but please do not doubt your purpose. Now, it is okay to evaluate it and do inventory of the knowledge and the wisdom that you do or don't have and just get better from there. Talk to God as God to lead the way and to provide you wisdom and knowledge so that what he has called you for, you can do properly. That by the end of by the end of it, you can present yourself to the Lord, and he, that and for Him to be able to say, 
Well done. You've done a phenomenal job. Well done. Amen. And I really hope that this word has touched you. Because I know we're living in a society where there's the imposter syndrome. At least we now talk about it and have given it a label. I've I've done that where I'm like, oh, am I even qualified enough? Am I good enough for what it is I'm doing? There are people who are experts. Hey, even doing what I'm doing here. And these platforms preaching the word of God can even tell you how many times, even before I clicked record on the very first episode where I'm like, I don't know if I'm even, um, there are experts that do this. But when God puts things in your heart and leads you in a direction, I mean, we're working on getting better and we will get better. I will get better. I will do things with better quality. I will work on improving the sound, the lighting and all the things that goes into it. My editing skills and I'm asking God to give me wisdom and to give me knowledge in, in that area. But the point is, Guess why we cannot doubt. We cannot doubt the purpose that God has bestowed upon us. And as I've mentioned before in prior episodes, there's the conversation that we have with God. Okay. So pr- pray and talk to God, right? Whatever it is you're feeling, whatever. Yeah, whatever it is you're feeling, whether it's fear or whatever it is, talk to God about it. He will enlighten you and guide you, and the Holy Spirit will will align your footsteps towards the will of the Father. You need to have a chat with yourself and say, stop it. You have been chosen. You have been called. Okay. And sometimes you got to have a chat with other people. Remember, there are other people that are experiencing some of the things that you are feeling. And maybe, maybe this message is not applicable to you, where you're like, I'm confident. I'm a Solomon here. I, I got the knowledge. You know, I'm confident. I'm taking firm control over my purpose. Plus I got the knowledge and plus I got the wisdom. Okay, well, that's amazing. Now, in that case, it sounds to me like you're in mentor, mentor level. Maybe it's time for you to mentor other people in said arena. Nonetheless, my wonderful audience here, I'll leave it at that. But I hope that this word has touched you the way it has touched me and reminded me that we have been chosen, we have been called. So let's take firm control of that purpose. Till next time.